I never had a plum or tuna fish. Baby, no. Let me try some new exciting dish. Baby, no. Bok choy, collard greens, pad thai. So many foods I haven't tried. I'm kind of scared to eat them. I won't lie. Welcome to Baby Mouth. I'm Jimmy Smagola. If you want to support the podcast, and I hope you do, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying enough to support us a little bit. We have a Patreon page. We have a link tree on the Instagram accounts that you can click. You can go to Patreon. You can go to PayPal. You can Venmo me at Jimmy Smagola. There's many ways you can support the podcast. I appreciate it all. You know, here we are once again. I feel ready. I feel like I'm going to try this new food this week and really have a good experience. That's what I'm hoping for. And my guest, well, it couldn't be a better guest to help me try to do this. You've seen her on Crashing on HBO. You've seen her on Corporate on Comedy Central. And I can tell you she's the only person that's ever come to my apartment, walked down the hallway, looked at a door and said, what if that door was a mirror and I'm actually a door? Lizzie Cooperman. Lizzie, welcome to Baby Mouth. How's it going? I love that you remember that. Do you remember doing that? I do. I do. I don't remember what inspired the thought, but it was accompanied by some kind of sweet walk that I was having with your dog, Edie. You know, knowing you for as long as I've known you, and I've known you for a few years now, and we've had a lot of different kinds of experiences, but I often will think, what is it like to be in the brain of Lizzie Cooperman? Like saying what you said about that door being a mirror, I would never come up with doing anything like that. I could never even conceptually think of something like that. So are you constantly, because you're such an incredible comedian, I mean, before this whole COVID fucking pandemic happened, you were doing stand-up four or five nights a week. You were so in demand. I know you're writing right now on shows. You know, you're constantly working on comedy. Do you just, are you just constantly thinking in a comedic way? <laughs> Jimmy, cut to me slack-jawed in front of my computer watching this is <laughs> I'm like, me? <laughs> like, you just want to be up from a seven-month nap. But wait, I have to tell you something about the mirror door thing, which is we have to take into account there was marijuana, like, drifting up from the floorboards of that hallway. And it may have been, like, affecting yes. things. It may have kind of loosened up my neural pathways in some regard. <laughs> But Jimmy, I don't even remember what you just asked me. Like walking around as Lizzie every day. Are you just, is it all just a comedic wonderland? Right? Not at all. But the thing is, I feel like in order for me to know that for sure, I'd have to experience being in someone else's brain to understand a contrast. I, I am constantly having to like align myself, I feel like. 
you are somebody who kind of is on the edge all the time in a, in a wonderful way. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> I just don't even know how you think of these things. But how have you been spending your time? How have you been spending your time during this pandemic? Are you still writing comedy? Are you? Do you feel creative? Has it spurred a kind of creativity in you? Or have you gone the other way? I think for a few months, I convinced myself into thinking that I was thriving. And then I admitted to myself that I wasn't. So I put all my stuff in storage and drove to New Mexico. <laughs> now, we are so sad to have lost you here in Los Angeles, but it seems like you are just smiling, happy. You're Instagramming a lot of walks in the desert, it looks like. You're doing desert walks. Tell us about New Mexico. Why New Mexico, first of all? Okay, Jimmy, first of all, you were a huge part of me even getting out here because the night before, I was supposed to leave on Halloween. And I had right. out of my apartment on the 31st. Yes. My big idea was that the night of the 30th, I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up at five in the morning. And my apartment was not even fully packed. I just became so exhausted. I was like, I'll do the rest of this at five in the morning. Oh. I could not sleep even a second. Oh. I kept closing my eyes in the minute. I, You know, when you're like, oh, it's happening. And it oh. wakes you up again. <laughs> It's the work. No, I'm, I'm groaning because yeah. I know exactly. I mean, like any like big audition yeah. or big interview or big moment. And it's like the night before, you know, if it's an audition, you're just going over the scene and oh, maybe I could do it this way. Or maybe I made the wrong thing. And you just, before you know it, it's 6am, the sun is up and then you're done. I Yes, I really set myself up. And I think I was so just like wired by the idea of leaving and so excited. I didn't sleep at all. And I had to be out of my apartment. So around 9am, I was like, okay, I need to think of a plan B. I started scrambling and I had to be out by noon, according to my lease. And I thought there's no way I can, because it's a 12 hour drive from LA to Santa Fe. And I Yes. I forget COVID-19. <laughs> like I will be putting my life at risk and getting behind the wheel. Like I don't even know how I would have done that. And you let me stay in your guest house. Of course. This is why we have a guest room, a guest apartment, a guest house. Lizzie. I slept under a lovely quilt. I oh I actually so I take Kabbalah classes. Yes. And one of the main principles that I learned in my Kabbalah class is that when you start to get that kind of stressed out thinking you get really worked up to pause and say what a pleasure <gasps> really and it has done it, it works wonders for me I, I have to try that. I wish I'd thought of it the night before because when I was in your guest house I was like what if I can't sleep again and I was up for a few hours like this is crazy if I don't sleep for two nights and then I thought there is no way that I can welcome sleep into my body right now with this attitude Oh my God. And another element, not to make this the Kabbalah podcast. No, I'm, I'm you. I mean, if you could see my face, my jaws on the floor, cause I'm enthralled by it. You this. would love it. It's not just for Jews either. It's like people from. No, I want to be Jewish. <laughs> I feel Listen, that you might be. We went to a Jew. <laughs> we went to a Jewish wedding maybe three or four years ago. And it was so beautiful. And I said to Bridger, my boyfriend, I said, I want to become Jewish. I'm going to get like a Judaism for dummies book and just like start learning because not only was the wedding, they made like seven circles around the thing. And then they say, if this, that may this circle never be broken. And then the other thing I love, this is my number one thing I love about Judaism that I know. 
may their memory be a blessing. When somebody dies, what else could you possibly say that would make you feel that is like when I think, because I'm somebody who's in in addition to being afraid of many foods, I'm afraid of death. I've always been afraid of death. I have spent weeks thinking about that moment. What is that moment going to be like? What's going to be on my mind? Is it going to be fast? Is it going to be slow? Am I going to know? Like horrifying, right? But when I think of that, may their memory be a blessing. It calms me down in a way that no other sentence of a few words like that can do that. That's all I hope that my memory in 4,000 years when I die I hope that my memory will be a blessing. I, so I love Judaism and I love what you're telling me now about the Kabbalah that I don't know anything about, but don't, aren't you supposed to wear a red string or something? Or was that just Madonna made that up? I've been looking at them on Amazon. <laughs> so why does it have to be on Amazon? You can't go to Walmart and get a string. But, it has to be like a blessed string. Yeah. Well, I'm just not going it. I mean, it's not like a priority for me to have the adornments or the accessories of it right now, but, um, but yeah, the red string is, a, it's a reminder. Wow. And and there's something else to it also. I don't, I actually don't know that much about the string. I'm in level two tonight. I have tonight, <gasps> actually, I'm so excited. But one other element that I wanted to tell you about is that this had to do with the getting to sleep is that they talk about in Kabbalah that the vessel needs to be prepared for the light to come in. <gasps> and I love that. This is why we turn so many things away from us and say, well, why didn't I get this? Because you have to prepare the vessel. So I was thinking my mind is so stressed right now that I'm not even letting sleep. It couldn't come in if it wanted to. Right. Your vessel was not prepared for sleep. It wasn't. And so I had a very Kabbalistic night in your guest house. So how did you prepare yourself when you finally realized that and went, wait a minute, this is a uh, situation I'm in where I can use the tools that I've learned. What did you do? Did you just go, okay, what a blessing this is. What a wonderful experience I'm having. And then did it happen or what, how do you think you rectified it? Part of what is tied around not being able to sleep is the expectations and worry about disappointing other people or yourself or where I thought, what if I can't sleep? I can't be like, can I stay here another night? I'm going to be out on this. You know, like you have those thoughts. Well, what if I, okay, then what if this, and then I told myself, Bridger and Jimmy love you. We're not mad at you. We're waiting for you in Santa Fe. Don't care if you're there on the day that you said you <laughs> Yes. And so I just started to kind of like unload it. Another thing I love, Jimmy, is I once did this meditation where this instructor said, picture your mind like a bookshelf and every book is another kind of aspect of your life. And I want you to slowly just take the book off the shelf, like the book of this relationship, take the book off the shelf until it was empty. Ooh. Yeah. Now that would be scary because then if you're taking all the books off, then what do you have left? Is the idea that you don't have anything left? It's more about freeing yourself from burden, I think. Oh. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think you should be my Kabbalah teacher. I I mean, I think I would have to go through so much. I mean, I would have to learn Hebrew. What would I it, uh, now, well, didn't you have a bat mitzvah before? I did, but I'm not fluent in Hebrew, you know? Yeah. Did, so you went to Hebrew school. I did go to Hebrew school. I was bat mitzvahed. And then I was almost confirmed. And I said, mom, please don't make me go back. Wow. Please. I said, 
you won't have to pay for it. Like, I don't like it. And you won't have to pay for it. And she was like, that's, that makes sense. (laughs) She was like, great. And done. Yes. You know, I have a friend who converted, converted to Judaism for her husband. She was going to marry this man who was Jewish. And I guess he said, or his family said, like, you have to convert. And so she was happy to convert. And she told me this story. And now I don't, you have to maybe fill in the details if I'm not getting them right. But the story I remember is that she had to take a mikvah bath and it had to be naked. And she had to say a prayer before the bath or while she was underwater, or there was a prayer on the wall underwater. And on the way up, she touched the wall and the woman who was supervising her mikvah bath was like, uh-uh, you got to do it again. And also, I believe, and I don't think this is something I would create in my head, but I believe she told me the woman combed her pubic hair before the mikvah bath to make sure that she was pure and clean. Now, does this ring a Jewish bell with you? No, this rings no okay. Jewish bells, but there are different sects of Judaism. So- Okay. There's Orthodox, there are Hasidic Jews. I'm formed, which is the most um, loosey-goosey. Yeah, you're the loosest. Yes. Uh, Many people in my synagogue went on to eat pepperoni and- Delish. You know, they had milk and meat together and and all of that. Yeah. So I did not take a mikvah and I actually don't know that much about it, except I did date a guy who- was orthodox. <laughs> I'm like, when I was 26, I did date a 52 year old Hungarian sculptor <laughs> who was talking about women and how they get mikvahs and how it, it changes them, like their energy and stuff like that, that it's good to do on an energetic level. I honestly wish I knew more about it. Sometimes I feel like I know so much about one thing and I repeat it my entire life. Well, you're, I mean, you're studying Kabbalah, so don't beat yourself up about it. You're, you're putting your energy toward a different, and Kabbalah is considered Judaism. Kabbalah is considered Jewish mysticism. So it's kind of like the underlying mysticism in the Torah. I'm not learning that so much as I am learning the underlying spiritual kind of broader messages. Yes. And how to apply them to to my life. Um, There is a reincarnation element, which we talked about. (gasps) Do you believe in that? That is one aspect. and, And this is another thing you would love about Judaism and Kabbalah is You are supposed to question things until they make sense to you. You are not supposed to just believe everything. Oh, I like that. I I believe Israel means to wrestle with God, to question God. Oh. And even in, you know, not, because for me, reincarnation, when I first learned about death, like you were talking about earlier, you're afraid of death. And when I learned in science class, energy cannot be created or destroyed. I remember thinking, oh, so we don't die. Right. <laughs> I I know, but and then I thought, so why so the energy is still there? Why are we all freaking out about this? And Kabbalah is kind of it kind of expresses that idea where it's like death is just another part of the life cycle. Right. But does it say that you come back as another person or is it just like an energy shift? Any living thing. <gasps> that see cuz that's the thing like so I was raised Catholic and the idea of heaven as a child is so comforting, right? Right. You die, there's grandma and grandpa, <laughs> you're there and it's forever, you know, if you're a good person. It's forever. And like, 
oh my God. But then you start to think like, wait a minute, is like Abraham Lincoln, Elvis, like the lady who lived next to my aunt Liz, like they're all going to be there? Like every single thing like that and it's forever? Like that to me makes no sense. And there's grandma and grandpa, like you walk in and there's a bowl of Werther's originals. Yes. And, and a, a bowl of pasta, you know, and they're like, what took you so long? And it's like, great. But could that really, but, but I also get that there are things in my brain and in our brains that perhaps we just don't understand. So, you know, it, it is an unknown and that's okay. Right. Now, something that's unknown to me, something that's unknown to me is the food that you've suggested that I eat this week. And this is a hard boiled egg. Now, I have never had a hard boiled egg. I've had eggs. I've had scrambled eggs, which is what I prefer. I don't prefer a runny egg, but I've never had a hard boiled egg. You say runny egg. Do you mean they're scrambled, but runny kind of like No, I mean like a sunny side up with the yellow. Because I always think of that yellow as like an embryo of a chicken or something. Like I see that as a, as a, like a pre-birth and I don't want to eat that. You want to be completely desensitized when you eat. Please. Yes. Always with any food eating. So why do you think you picked the heart? Because I sent you a big list and we talked about it and you were like, oh my God, Hard boiled egg. I'm so excited. Let me tell you, I feel like on this show, you're going to have a lot of people with stronger culinary muscles than I do. I am in no way, but I'm just saying I don't really cook either. Yeah, but it's not even about that. It just, it could be like, I've never had a fish filet from McDonald's. Like it it scares me to try to taste that kind of a thing. On the scale, I'm really low. So I feel like actually, but you cook, right? No, 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 no. In fact, I will say like you gave me very wonderful specific instructions on how to prepare the hard boiled egg. And I was shocked that it was something you ate cold. So no matter (laughs) what you think you're cooking, I thought a hard boiled egg was hot. Jimmy, it's so funny that you say that because when you said I was like, no, it's cold. But in reality, I have eaten a hard boiled egg before it completely cooled. Because you were like, put it in an ice, you know, a bowl of ice and let it cool and then put it in the fridge. And I was like, it's supposed to be cold. Like I have three hard boiled eggs right now in the fridge behind me. I mean, I cooked them to your specifications. I put them in a boiling pot. I turned the pot off when it boiled. I let it sit there for 10 minutes. I drained the thing. I did the whole thing. And then I pre-peeled them because I didn't want to spend, you know, for the sake of the podcast, I didn't want to spend 15 minutes peeling off the shells. And I have to tell you, the smell, not good. (laughs) Jimmy, okay. I have so many thoughts on all of this. First of all, did I tell you to peel the eggs? You did not. You, but, but I do know that you have to peel them in order to eat them. I'm not going to eat the shell, right? That would be really right. weird. Right. And I didn't want to peel them on the podcast. It takes too much. The egg does is why it's such a perfect specimen of nature is that it protects the odor. It, it encases the odor. So, but peeling them and putting them in the fridge is great. You yeah. know, just saying like that may have been part of the reason that you were like, oh, this is, you know, mm-hmm. I have a feeling you're not going to like it. Like after hearing just from what I can glean right now, I would predict this might be a thumbs down for you. I don't know. I imagined you making these eggs and pacing around the pot, like as though you were in a hospital waiting room or something. Yes. I mean, I was so nervous to not, you know, not overcook them. And I'll tell you, I had a phone call while they were, I boiled them. 
I stopped the boil. I stopped the burner. I put the cover on them. And I think they stayed in there probably for 25 minutes because I had a, a very important phone call. So they might be overcooked. Now I've peeled them and they look fine. They're jiggly. I mean, is it supposed to be like a gelatinous kind of a- 25 minutes in hot water. But then I cooled them right away. I think they're going to be fine. You're about to eat galoshes. <laughs> what do you mean? They're going to be soggy? Rubbery. Yeah, they don't look, I mean, they, they I don't know. It might be good. I think it's going to be fine. I, I'm going to go get them out of the fridge. I, did you like the covering of them that you, I like that you have to put water over the egg. It makes me feel like they're kind of protected. Well, like, you said one inch over the egg. So I was like, is that an inch? Because at first I didn't have them enough. Then I had to carefully bring the pot over to the faucet and add more water, but okay. I didn't want them to break. I mean, it's a whole thing. Eggs are, are delicate. Just getting the eggs from the supermarket home. You're like, oh my God, eggs are like a thing. You know, you can't be, you can't fuck around with an egg. You have to be gentle. You have to respect the egg or the egg will break and you're done. It doesn't care. You have to inspect the eggs before. What other foods? I mean, there are some fruits, I guess, but like you can't inspect a can of baked beans before you buy it. It's like you have to go in the package and open it and look at the eggs. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So I'm excited like to try. It's kind of like a surprise when you're going to, you know, cut this or bite into this, you're going to see hopefully a bright yellow center. All right. I'm excited to try it. I'm okay. going to go right now and just grab the eggs out of the fridge. Happening. Okay. I have returned. And I have to tell you, the smell is horrible. It smells really bad. It smells just very eggy. Can you show me what those are sitting in? It's just a blue plate. Okay, perfect. Just a blue plate. And I have some salt and pepper, as you told me to get. Okay. I want you to sprinkle it, but in a way, in terms you'll understand, a pianissimo of salt. Oh, thank you, Lizzie. Being the world famous <laughs> musician that I am, the pianist of salt and no pepper. You can put a little dash. Should I cut them in sections first? Jimmy, the way I do it is I peel it. Like for me, the egg, it's just such an instinctual thing. I'll just peel it over a trash can and go like this with salt in my hand and just eat it. <gasps> oh, you pick it up without a fork, just right. like this. Okay. So now the egg is in my hand. You really, did you envision putting a fork into it? Like yeah, a, no, I was going to slice it with a fork, like make a nice slice and then add the salt and pepper perfectly onto it. Okay, I love it. I want to see how you do it. I'm actually kind of oh, curious. I'm so, I mean, this is, they're so like, um, they're like rubber balls. Have you ever had egg salad? No, no, <gasps> no, no, no. Jim. I know. I mean, I'm not even kidding. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I haven't had any of this shit. Okay, we'll we'll talk about that. Oh God. All right. I'm cutting into the is there gonna be a yellow in the middle of this egg? Well, it could be overly sulfurized and be a little gray. Oh Maybe my if God. you kept it in gray. Okay, great. All right, I'm cutting into this egg. Oh, it's yellow inside. Okay, that looks nice. Beautiful. All right, now I'm going to take a pianissimo, pianissimo. Pianissimo of salt. Of salt. I think pianissimo means soft. All right, a little bit of salt. And pepper? Yeah, a little bit. All right, a little bit of pepper. All right, wait. All right, wait. I'm, I'm cutting this in half, so I just take a little bit. A little pepper. Okay, a little dash of pepper. All right, first time hard-boiled egg. Lizzie, this better be good. Or really, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop this recording and think be done. about that. Your protein for the day. Oh, I mean, smell. I just smelled it up close, and re it really does smell bad. It doesn't. Do you think it smells good? It's it does smell sulfurous. Like, have you yeah. ever? Yeah. Um, what are those? 
um, baths called, like in Iceland, those hot I don't sulfurous. Know. I can't like remember. a sulfur bath? Yes, like it, it smells like. How often would you say you eat one of these hard boiled eggs every day? I had one today. Oh my, my God. Staple for me. All right, here we go. I'm on hand as a snack. I have a little Diet Coke just in case this is really bad and I can wash it down. But I'm going to try to like it. I want to like this. Okay, here I go. Let the vessel accept the light. I'm going to let the vessel accept the light. I'm doing this as a new Kabbalah learner. Yes. All right, here we go. Oh. Oh, that's. <laughs> You know what? Let me tell you something. Way different than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Mm, that tastes like a delicious egg. Yes. That's not horrible. No. I'm shocked. Okay. This is very strange because let me tell you, the, the smell of the hard-boiled egg is nothing like what it tastes like. Right. That's interesting. This actually tastes pretty delicious. And if you peel it right before you eat it, then that probably won't be. Yeah, because the smell really turns you off. Right. But don't you think a lot of people get turned off by the smell? I mean, a lot of people eat hard boiled eggs, right? I feel like you have a very special sensitivity. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. think like I have never thought, oh, the smell I've thought, oh, I recognize that. But I, I, I don't think of it as a negative, you know? Yeah, I think it's because I wasn't exposed to them. Or maybe, you know, I mean, who knows, maybe when I was a kid, my mother was making a hard boiled egg obviously did not offer it to me. And but maybe she said like, "Ooh, that egg smells bad. And I remember that, you know, it's like part of the reason I know I'm afraid of roller coasters, because I remember walking around a carnival with my mom when I was seven and her going, oh my God, look at that roller coaster. Those people have to be nuts taking their lives in their hand. And I've never been on a roller coaster. So that's an, that's my next podcast. You but eating hard boiled eggs on a roller coaster. This is, yeah, I know. but this is good. I'm surprised. I am so happy. And let me tell you what this is a gateway to. What do you think? You can go down two different roads here, Jen. Heroin. Heroin. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Deviled eggs. Okay. Dev- right. Well, this kind of looks like what I think a deviled egg looks like, right? Or no? All a deviled egg is, is taking that, scooping out the inside, putting it in a bowl. You scoop out, you cut them in half like that, the yeah. long way. Scoop it out, put it in a bowl. And you add, I think like paprika, a little mayonnaise and mustard and stir it. I, I'd have oh. to check the ingredients, but I know there's like a paprika element. You kind of whip it and put it back in the egg. Now, can I tell you something? I have had paprika and I don't enjoy it. There's a restaurant here in LA called Dave's Hot Chicken. People go crazy for it. My boyfriend, Bridger, he loves Dave's Hot Chicken. It's not even close to where we live. He will drive to the Dave's Hot Chicken, but it's like a paprika festival. They put the paprika on the French fries, not only on the chicken, they put it on. It's that's too much. I don't enjoy paprika. Okay. I think the paprika is, would be optional. Okay, optional paprika. That I truly feel like you will like because you you like like Alfredo's and stuff like that, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I truly think you might like egg salad. Maybe I'll try it. I mean, I don't know if it's worth, I feel like now that I've had the hard, I feel like the hard boiled egg is like the Cadillac of eggs. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I feel like that's a big thing because it's not cooked. There's nothing. It's literally just an egg in water. I mean, it's cooked in water, but I mean, there's no frills. It's an egg okay. with <laughs> salt and pepper. Yeah. 
So I feel like an egg salad, you have other things. That's like mayonnaise. You could put things, right? Green onion, mayonnaise, mustard, a little salt and pepper. And if you just put it on a cracker or make a sandwich, it's so good. I enjoy potato salad. Is it the same thing just with egg? Yes. All right. I could maybe try an egg salad. And it's so good for you because it's the egg is just protein, you know? Eggs have been very scary for a long time, but that was not bad. Have you had a poached egg? No, 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 no. I don't <laughs> even know what that is. I don't even know what that is. How do you poach an egg? I've had scrambled eggs on a bagel from Bell's Bagels in Highland Park. It's delicious. Oh, wow. Okay. But what's a poached? Let me tell you. So poached egg is you put the egg, you crack it into boiling water and you have to stir it and keep it going kind of. However, I have a tool by, it's called not, it's not Cuisinart, it's Cuisa Pro. So it's like Cuisine Pro, Cuisa Pro. Cuisa Pro. Poacher. It's like a spoon that you crack the egg into. You fill a pot with and bring it to a boil. And then you put the spoon so it rests on the edge of the pot and it just fills it. And it poaches the egg perfectly. Really? Yes. I'm not here from Quiza Pro. I know I'm wearing a headset. Quiza like- Pro, get in touch with us. Oh my God. Yeah. That is really, wow. I mean, I don't know. Change it for me, but I think I, I would I like it. I think you would too, because, oh, but you don't like the it to run. Because the thing is, when you, when you slice into a poached egg, it, it runs. then runs and whatever it's on kind of absorbs it. Like you would put a poached egg on. I, I do it so many ways, Jimmy. Like I, a bagel. Can I put it? Cause really anything on a bagel I will eat. Do you know what? I created a dish that's so good. It's what r- is it? Riced cauliflower. Okay. And I put a little like butter in it and stir it a little shredded cheese and then a poached egg on top. Oh, I bet you could put butter with this hard boiled egg and it would be delicious. Could I put melted butter or something or no? I have never heard of anyone doing that in my God given life. Have you done these hard boiled eggs other ways or just you peel it? You put a little salt and you pick it up with your hand and eat it. That's what you do. Yeah, For me, it's like, it's like whenever I think, oh, I've been, because I, my body is probably 90% chips and salsa at this point. I, I love chips so much. One time I told a friend, I was like, I, and I can't stop eating chips and salsa. She said, may, can I make a recommendation? And I said, yeah, she goes, stop buying chips. I mean, that's one way to do it. I was shell-shocked by even (laughs) the notion of not constantly eating chips. I love a crunch. Okay. However, I, whenever I go, Lizzie, you need to stop eating chips. I'm like, okay, what else could I eat? And then I go hard boiled egg because it's actually filling as well. There's no crunch though at all. There's no crunch, but there is something like, it feels like a full thing you're eating. Yes. It is very filling. And you're like, oh, I didn't really eat anything. I just ate two cookies. You think you didn't eat anything. Right. Eat a hard boiled egg. You have the sense that you nourished yourself. Yes. I do feel like I've nourished. I mean, this is something I would eat again. This is terrific because this is really why I created this podcast. I would have happy. I would have never tried this hard boiled egg if it wasn't for you. I'm going to tell you also, it's one of the only things I can make. Like I, you know, I have three older sisters and we all had to pack each other's lunches. And when it was my turn, the sandwiches, even the way I cut them, they look like they were torn apart in an act of violence. 
I'm, I was never good at anything. I never learned how to make stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but when I learned to make hard boiled eggs, I was like, okay, this is something like good for you that I know how to make and like can take into my future. You gave me perfect instructions. They're beautiful. Maybe they're overcooked, but they're gorgeous. I mean, they look, they're beautifully yellow inside. They're not gray because the gray would have scared me, I think, a lot. Right. But they're gorgeous. I'll probably finish one when we're done. The gray is only a sulfur reaction. They're, they're still good to eat if they're gray around that thing. But yeah, it's a, I mean, I don't even think it is. It looks really good. I think we did Very a good job. Yellow lenses. <laughs> now, Lizzie, we have a question from the listeners. Oh my gosh. I've asked the listeners to write in to babymouthpodcast at gmail.com and tell me some of their food nightmares. Maybe they were made to eat a food that they didn't want to eat in a high pressure situation or some kind of a food reaction at a party or on a date. And we got a few emails and I selected one for us to read. I'm going to read it to you and then we can chat about it. So this is uh On a first date, a really good first date, a number of years ago, I started to feel sick at the restaurant. I ate really spicy chicken wings, probably much spicier than I should have risked eating on such an occasion. While everything was going well, flirting, talking, eye contact, the whole thing. I suddenly started feeling sick. I worked through it as long as I could until I had to excuse myself. I went to the bathroom, threw up came out as white as a ghost with water dripping down my face, threw some money down on the table to pay and said I had to leave. I never saw her again. Thanks, chicken wings. That's from Noah in Vancouver. Wait, Jimmy, I have a question. Why would there be water all over your face? I think maybe because he was, after he threw up, he was trying to like probably get some water down, probably washing his face and he probably had water all over his shirt. (laughs) Poor guy. Oh my God. That sounds like a nightmare. Um, have you had an experience like this where you, there was a food that you decided, okay, I'll just go for it. Well, yes. I mean, a friend of ours had a birthday at an exotic restaurant and there was a tray of meats that came out and I was looking around. And again, this was several years ago and I was looking around at this tray of meats and I thought like, oh man, there's just nothing like, and Bridger, my boyfriend was sitting next to me eating all the meats. Cause he's a very adventurous eater. And he said, try this meat. It's good. You'll like it. And I looked away to have a conversation with someone. And I think someone turned the tray of meat because I went to get the meat that I think he told me to get. And it tasted like tar, plastic, and sulfur all wrapped up into one. <laughs> You're like, and then I found out it was a beach ball. It was, it was actually a leather purse. It was so gross. So that, and that was a situation where then at this huge birthday meal, I didn't eat anything. I think we probably like, you know, I, maybe I rolled through in and out afterwards. Right. But you've never had an experience like that. Where no, you've... I have. I have. I I am trying to figure out because I have a catalog of so many. Like, is there a certain type of food that you don't like? You're like categorically, this kind of food is not for me. Well, I grew up actually because I'm Jewish. I grew up not eating sausage. Oh, or bacon or anything like that. And I know I've heard bacon is so good. Delicious. But when I look at bacon, I go, 
it's like this wavy raw ribbon of like fat. Like I just can't imagine. Interesting. Imagine eating it, but that that's possibly the same thing that you're going through with these new foods. It's like, God, when I look at that and the message that I have in my mind from it is like, don't eat that. Yes. I'm going to say, I don't appreciate it when friends experiment with seafood. I don't want to say specifically, but I did go to a friend's house once who had never cooked a kind of complicated form of seafood. And I couldn't believe that it was like. Oh, so you're saying your friend was like, come over and I'm going to make you a lemon scrod or something. And yes, say you got an invitation, say Matt Ingebrigtsen said, I've never made this before, but for the first, actually, I feel like Matt would just kind of does well at things. Yeah, in Matt's, Matt would research it. He'd probably try it four times. He doesn't ever want to hurt anybody's feelings. But like <laughs> hypothetically, if Matt was like, I've never done this before, but I tried to make, um, I tried making muscles. That's crazy. Right. That's like why I'll never host a Thanksgiving. Like I would never make a turkey. You could kill somebody. I would never like, why would you invite someone over for the first time cooking anything? Anything with that kind of like fragile kind of shell experience where you don't know how much it's supposed to be cooked. Don't like only do that in an environment with an A on the door. And so what happened? So you arrived at this dinner party. They've made mussels. Where did you immediately think like, this is going to be great. You looked at the mussels. I mean, or do they look weird initially? What I did was I waited to see if other people were eating them. And there was not a lot of activity. You know, people would, <laughs> there were a lot of like shell, like shells on plates. And the good thing about a shell is you can't really tell if it's been eaten or not. Cause right. you just like flip it upside down and be like, that was so good. <laughs> It's like, I'm not, you know, you could play three card Monty. Do you have to shuck a muscle or how do you eat a muscle? Just shuffling them <laughs> around. Guess which one has been eaten? None of them. Because there's like meat in a muscle, right? That you like pull out with a little fork. So I'm going to say that's a situation where I personally am wary um, because I know I wouldn't order muscles yeah. anyway as a first choice. Right. I think it's fun because, you know, some food, it's kind of like in fondue territory where it's almost more like an activity or a bonding experience. Like there's a restaurant when I, where I, when I was a kid where you would like crack open the peanuts and throw the shells on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Ground round. I love the ground round. I can't believe you remember the name. One time I went to the ground round in high school when I got my license with Tammy Buckingham, my friend, and we finished our meal and she said, we're going to dine and dash. And I said, Tammy Buckingham, no, we're not going to dine and dash. And she said, when the waiter comes to give us the check, if I say to him, thanks so much, we're going to die. Just get up and go. I'm going to bolt. And the waiter came and she said, thanks so much. And we got, and I, we ran and we floor, it was terrible. I hope the ground round doesn't sue me for Wait. telling that story. <laughs> I'm sure they're still up and running too. <laughs> You were probably, I bet a health inspector went into the ground round and was like, okay, I don't even know where to begin. How do they clean up? Could you imagine having to clean up all those peanut shells every day? I think there's another restaurant called Five Guys okay. Hamburgers where you really? can do that. You eat the peanuts and no, throw the shells on the floor. Guys? I think so. 
I'm pretty sure you can do that at Five Guys. Not at Five, not at the classic Five Guys. But that was fun. It was like a celebratory experience. And certain foods are like that, you know? Yeah, I guess, again, I've never had mussels. Maybe that's something I'll try on this podcast. When you're at like a party or like, you know, like at a wrap party when they're passing things around, do you take things that are on toothpicks generally? Yes, because generally that's a pig in a blanket, which of course I love a hot dog. That's a piece of like grilled chicken on a skewer with maybe a peanut sauce that I enjoy very much. That's maybe a beef slider. Delicious. It's like a little cheeseburger. Like what about a blue cheese beef slider? No. No, I would take the blue cheese (laughs) off of it because I've never had blue cheese. I don't know what that tastes like. I have this thing with food where if I don't already know what it tastes like, I pretty much am not going to try it. Right. Which is crazy, which is why I'm doing this. I'm so glad I tried this hard boiled egg. I am so glad you did too, Jimmy. I can't believe it. Lizzie, thank you so much for bringing me this hard boiled egg. You've been a terrific guest. I'm going to call my mother now because I want to know why I've never had a hard boiled egg. I am your mother. Just honestly. Mrs. Smigula, I'm glad, honestly, I'm glad she raised you the way she did. She did an amazing job. Makes for a good podcast, at least. Because I think she eats hard-boiled eggs. Oh, interesting. Okay. It is. I want to know why I was never offered a hard-boiled egg. I can't wait to hear. Lizzie, I love you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Jimmy. All right, everybody. It's time to call my mother. I got to find out why I never had a hard-boiled egg. I wonder if she likes them. Let's call her. Let's find out. Here she comes. Hello. Yes. Oh boy. Hi, mom. How's it going? Good, but I don't want my face on there. It's not <laughs> going to be on there. Just the audio is recording. I can see oh. your face. You could see oh, my okay. face, but you're yes, not going to be, okay. be on television or YouTube. It's just a podcast. So people oh. will listen to it in the car. They'll listen to it at home. You don't have to worry. Good. All right. So how was your day today? What did you do? Tell me a little something about what you did. Oh, it was very good. Same as usual. I went back to work. Oh, good. Watching the children. They were very good today. Good. I didn't have to yell that much. Oh, good. You watch both your grandkids every day. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I don't know either. It's a lot of work, but I love them so much that it doesn't matter. I know. I'll tell you, I think you watching those kids have given you a whole new purpose in life. Not really. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, before you were like, you know, you were retired. You weren't doing that much during the day. Right. Don't you think it gave gave you a whole purpose? Uh, Right. Made us feel younger. And how's the weather there? Oh, last night that we were under a tornado watch. Bergen County was under a tornado watch. (gasps) The wind was howling. The whole house was shaking. Oh, my God. But it only lasted about 10 minutes, and then then it was okay. Oh, my God. I think they had a tornado there in Lyndhurst when I was a kid or something. Yes, I remember that. Yes, I remember that. Down the park. You and Mike had come home for lunch. And then the windows on the porch got all fogged up. And by the time you had to go back, everything was fine oh after God. lunch. But we never went down in the basement, I don't think, did we? No, 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 no. never. I think that's just for the movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, today I tried a new food with my friend Lizzie Cooperman. And I tried a hard-boiled egg. You never had a hard-boiled egg? No, I didn't even know how to make it. I was surprised that you eat it cold. I thought that was something you would eat hot. 
No, no. Daddy always has them for lunch sometimes. How do you make, how do you make it? And then I'll tell you how I made it. I put in, well, I put more than one egg, but in, into a pot of boiling water for 10 minutes. Yeah. Then you take it out and you uh, put it in a bowl or a dish or whatever, and then you cool it. And then you, you don't have to put it in the refrigerator if you like it at room temperature. And then yeah. you eat it, put some salt on it, and that's it. That's pretty much. She had me boil the pot. And then when it came to a boil, turn boil. it off and cover it. Don't let it keep boiling. Just cover oh. it for 10 minutes, then take it out and put it in ice water in a bowl and then oh. put them in the fridge. But I pre-peeled them because I didn't want to peel them on the podcast because it would have taken forever. And they stink. It smells terrible. <laughs> so They're I was delicious. not, but I wasn't looking forward to eating it because it smelled so bad. And then when I tasted it, it, sm it tasted pretty it, good. Yeah, it doesn't taste like it. But it didn't taste like it smelled. No, and then that's how you make egg salad also. Which I also talked about because I never had that either. Well, you were, when you were little, all you liked was mashed potatoes and corn. I know, but why didn't you give me a hard boiled egg? Dude, I would offer you and you didn't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And you're a little uh, nephew, Karen and Violet, your, uh, your uh, niece, niece, she's the same way. They I look know. at it and they go, ugh. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I just, I'm surprised I never had a hard boiled egg. I've never had egg salad. I never had like a deviled egg poached. Have you ever had those yeah. things? No, not poached, but a deviled egg. Yes. And would you, could you make that or no? No, uh, no, because I only, I had, yeah, Rody makes them. Oh. And I've had it. Yeah. But oh, I, I remember know. her bringing those over now because yeah. they're like sliced in the middle, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, I remember that. I don't know. It was very different. I'm glad I tried it because I want to try to expand, you know, what I eat. Yes, instead that's a of, good idea. <laughs> yeah, because you, you know, you, well, you seem to eat more foods than I do. I mean, I don't. Only later in life when I didn't eat um, eggplant Parmesan until I was about 21 because I didn't like the way it looked. And the and texture of eggplant, it. I've tried it, but the texture is not great, is it? Well, it's fine. I mean, I love it, eggplant parmesan now. But I would, I look at it and say, I don't. I would look at things, and if I didn't like the way they looked, yep, I say no, thank you, and I wouldn't even try them. <laughs> so I guess you take after me. Yes, that's exactly right. Well, I'm glad you enjoy hard, hard boiled eggs. When do you think the last time you had one was? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had oh. egg salad. Oh, and you yeah, made and it yourself. Yeah, and then I leave some uncut, and then Dad eats some, just put some salt on them. Yeah, I had salt and pepper. It was good. It was, yeah, it was not good. bad. But so with the egg salad, you make that with hard-boiled eggs, mayonnaise. Yeah, mayonnaise, salt, pepper. People put other things in. I don't know why, but that's all I do with it. Oh, wow. I don't put, you could put uh, other things in it. Yeah. Well, when COVID is over and I come back home for a visit, maybe I'll have some egg salad. Oh, that would be great. All right, mom. <laughs> That's it. All right. Have a good night, son. The Baby Mouth theme song is performed by me and was written by me and Jesse Vargas. Jesse also orchestrated, recorded, and mixed the song. The Baby Mouth artwork was created by Tim Quartier. 
You can follow the Baby Mouth Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Baby Mouth Pod. Tell me about your own personal food nightmare. Have you ever been forced to eat something horrible at a fancy party or on a first date? Is there a food you're afraid to try? I want to know all about your scary food experiences. Email me at babymouthpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to listen and subscribe to Baby Mouth wherever you get your podcasts. And please, don't forget to leave a review. Baby Mouth!